Besides metals, and the various minerals mentioned in the previous chapter, the solid earth rind furnishes an inexhaustible supply of marbles, slates, and stones for building or paving, and their extraction occupies a vast number of industrious hands. In a popular work on geology, published some years ago, Mr. Burid informs us that about 70,000 persons were employed in the 18,000 more or less important quarries at that time worked in France, and that the produce of their labor amounted to a value of more than 2 million. L. There can be no doubt that the quarries of England, or Germany, are at least equally productive, and thus a very moderate estimate leads us to the conclusion that the quarries of Europe, from those which furnish the costliest marble to those which yield the commonest building stone, employ at least half a million of workmen, and produce an annual value of no less than 12 million, l, a sum which is probably doubled or trebled before the heavy materials can be placed in the hands of the consumer. A land ribbed with stone, like England, has therefore a considerable advantage over a flat alluvial plain, like Holland, as it possesses in its rocky foundations a source of wealth which nature has denied to the latter. Though several other stones, such as granite and porphyry, are susceptible of a fine polished surface, and serve for the decoration of palaces and churches, yet marble or pure compact limestone is chiefly used for ornamental purposes, both on account of its beautifully variegated tints and its inferior hardness, which allows it to be more easily worked. Our Derbyshire and Devonshire quarries supply a great variety of richly colored marbles, but the best material for the sculptor is supplied by the limestone mountains of Carrara, which furnish a homogeneous marble of the purest white, with a fine granular texture, resembling that of loaf sugar. These far-famed quarries, which were worked by the ancients, having been opened in the time of Julius Caesar, are situated between Spezia and Lucca, in the Alp Apuana, a small mountain group no less remarkable for its bold and sharp outlines than for its almost total isolation from the monotonous chain of the Apennines, from which it is separated by a wide semicircular plain. Where the Alp Apuana faces the sea, it is chiefly formed of magnesian and glimmer slate, in which large masses of limestone are embedded, but the more inland part of the group belongs entirely to the limestone formation and abounds in romantic scenery and noble peaks towering to a height of 6,000 feet above the level of the sea. Towards its northwestern extremity rises Monte Sacro, 5,200 feet in height, the famous marble mountain on whose slopes are scattered the quarries to which the small town of Carrara owes its ancient and worldwide celebrity. The quarries themselves by no means afford an imposing sight, as they are mostly small and very badly worked but it is interesting to watch the transport of the huge blocks of superb material from the various glens in which the quarries are situated, while the numerous water mills for cutting or polishing the marble enliven the whole neighborhood. In the town of Carrara numerous sculptors are constantly employed in rough-hewing the marble into various forms, such as capitals, friezes, busts, etc., etc., in order to diminish the cost of transport, or to discover faults in the stone before it is shipped. There are also shops where marble trinkets or ornaments are exposed for sale, but Florence, Leghorn, and Genoa are the chief depots of ready-made marble articles, such as vases, urns, sculptured chimney pieces, and copies of renowned statues. Different kinds of fruit are also executed in marble, 
and with the aid of color made to imitate nature so closely as to deceive the eye. In Carrara the inferior qualities of marble are used for building and paving, as it is here the cheapest material. The window and door frames, the flooring and the chimney slabs, in even the meanest houses, are made of marble and form a striking contrast to the squalid poverty of the remainder of the furniture. The quarries which furnished the material for the finest works of the Grecian chisel partake of the interest which attaches to every vestige of ancient art. About eight miles to the north of Athens rises the Pentelican, or Mount Pentels, from whose flanks was excavated the marble that served for the construction of the Parthenon, of the Temple of the Olympian Zeus, and of the other matchless edifices of the Athenian Acropolis. No other quarries in the world can boast of their material having undergone a more beautiful transformation, for never has marble been more highly ennobled than by the genius of Phidias. The ancient roads ascending from the foot of the mountain to the quarry still show the traces of the sledges on which were transported the huge blocks of more than twenty tons in weight that now lie scattered among the ruins of the Acropolis. On the summit of the Pentelican the Athenians had placed a statue of Pallas Athene, that the goddess might overlook the land devoted to her worship. Here, from a height of three thousand five hundred feet, she looked down upon the plain of Marathon, and many other spots of everlasting renown, but the outlines of the prospect are monotonous and naked, and require for their embellishment the beautifying remembrances of the past. Mount Marpena, in the island of Paros, furnished the most renowned statuary marble of ancient times. It was called Lychnites because its quarries were worked by lamplight, in deep, mine-like excavations, and the difficulty and cost of its extraction show how highly it was prized. It has a yellowish-white color and a texture composed of fine shining scales lying in all directions. The celebrated Arundelian marbles at Oxford consist of Parian marble, as does also the Medicean Venus. More than twenty centuries have elapsed since the Parian quarries were abandoned in consequence of the decay of Grecian art, but in our enterprising days a company has been formed, 1857, for working the beautiful marble which has been recently discovered near St. Minas, not far from the site of the ancient quarries, and is said to be superior not only to that of Carrara, but even to the renowned Lychnites of the ancients. The quarries which in olden times furnished the beautifully colored marbles called Rosso Antico and Verde Antico had likewise for many centuries been abandoned and totally forgotten. In 1846 they were rediscovered on the island of Tino and in the Mena by Professor Siegel, who soon after undertook to work them, and has furnished, among others, a large number of the beautiful columns of Rosso Antico which decorate the interior of the court of the Basilica of St. Paul's in Rome. The hammer of the quarryman once more resounds in the wilds of the Teigetos, and the lawless robber of the Mena already feels the beneficial influence of industry. On the slopes of the mountains which bound the impetuous Estradal Elba in Sweden, in a wild and desolate country, where the poverty of the people is so great that they frequently grind the bark of fir trees to mix it with their bread, are situated the finest quarries of porphyry which Europe possesses. This beautiful stone, which attracts the eye even in its unpolished state, consists of a red-brown or blood-red mass in which numerous small flesh-colored felspa pieces are embedded. 
After having been rough-hewn on the spot, the blocks are transported to the neighboring works of Elfdao, where they are cut and polished into slabs, vases, chimney pieces, and other articles fit for the decoration of palaces. The contrast is most striking when, after having traversed the barren neighborhood, and still deeply impressed with the sight of poverty and distress on his road, the traveler suddenly finds himself before a group of handsome buildings which at once bear witness to the activity within. Besides the red porphyry of Elfdal, that of the Altai Mountains in Asia deserves to be noticed. It consists of a brown-red mass with snow-white crystals, and is capable of a very fine polish. The quarries are situated on the face of a high rock on the left bank of the Kurgan, one of the wildest mountain streams of the Altai, about 100 miles from the town of Kaliwansk, where it is cut and polished. Gypsum, or sulfate of lime, and the peculiar form of that mineral called alabaster, are substances of considerable importance in the arts. Rendered more valuable by a slight admixture of carbonate of lime, the gypsum of Montmartre, near Paris, has long been celebrated for its excellence as a cement or stucco. It is found resting on a limestone of marine origin, and in some places appears immediately beneath the vegetable soil, so that it can be readily and conveniently worked without having recourse to subterranean excavation. These quarries furnish the whole of northern France with the well-known plaster of Paris, and the value of their annual produce amounts to not less than 100,000 l. When sulfate of lime or gypsum assumes the opaque, consistent, and semi-transparent form of alabaster, it is worked like marble. The pure white and harder varieties are usually employed for the sculpture of statues and busts, while the softer kinds are cut into vases, boxes, lamps, and other ornamental objects. The alabaster quarries in the neighborhood of the ancient Etruscan town of Volterra are the most famous in Europe and have afforded employment for many centuries to her industrious population. Volterra exports her beautiful produce to all parts of the world, even as far as the interior of China. Beggary is here unknown, a rare case in Italy, for even women and children are all employed in cutting, sawing, rasping, or filing alabaster. In the remotest antiquity, when the city was still called Volathri or Volatari, this industry was practiced within her walls, and a collection of sepulchral urns and other works of Etruscan art contained in the town hall bears testimony to her ancient skill. Now, however, art seems to have degenerated into mere manufacturing ability. The statues and other objects are almost always repetitions of the same models, and but very rarely some speculative person introduces a novelty for the purpose of obtaining a somewhat higher price for his wares.